It's Training Camp 2023. Great Range Premium Bison presents The Drive. I think um, football, you have to play. You know, that's coach's decision. It's been done numerous ways for, you know, for, for years. If you play the guys and somebody gets nicked, you're wrong. If you don't play and you don't play well early, you're wrong. So you can't be right. That's part of being a football coach, right? So we've all been there. But, um, you know, some guys play and some guys don't. It's a coach's decision. It is the coach's decision. There's VJ. Chad Brown. Good to see you, Chad Brown. Hi, Derek. Chad Brown. Kamaje, good to see you, KJ. What's going on, man? Good still? Yeah, yeah, I'm hanging in there. True. Nice color shirt there you got going. We can see you in the... Thank you, gentlemen. How we doing? Everybody doing good? See you through the mist. Fantastic. Well, we should Super. Start. We'll get to uh, Super. There you go. That's a good callback. Yeah. I like that one. Mm-hmm. We'll get to VJ and the starters in a second. But first, congratulations to Russ and Sierra on the, uh, the in- impending uh, bundle of joy that they'll be bringing to this world as... Uh, Russ said his fourth child with Sierra, and we congratulate him. That's wonderful news. I can't think of two people better to, you know, support and love and bring up a child than uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra. So they certainly have. Hey, man, I wish I had the means. I wish I had the means, man. Yeah, man. I like this song, by the way. Sounds good. Is there any sarcasm in your statement? No, there? I hope not. I, somebody, was, somebody was actually accusing me of that, but I'm not. No, I love kids. Being a father and a dad has been biggest challenge, uh, rewarding challenge of my life continues to be. You know, it centers everything I've done in my life and what I think I've been um, put on this earth to do. And I've done the best that I can, and you fail more times than you succeed, as is the nature of life. But, you know, I love my family, love my kids. If I could have had more, I would have had as many kids. I would have, they would have kept on coming if it made financial sense to do it. But just, Would you have done the announcement in the same way that the Wilsons well, now did that's their a, announcement that's a, today? That's a different topic. No, it's the, it's related. No, it's the same topic. No, don't don't let me. It's the same topic. Don't make me go negative on uh, you know while I'm being very positive at the same time. I'm just picturing you know you and Kim what, doing what your I, thing. Would I have had my wife in silhouette by a pool dancing to a song that she had produced to yes. announce that she was pregnant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I would have considered that. Okay. Did, you, <laughs> did you see who it was filmed by? I'm sure it wasn't like Russ. I'm sure it was. That would have been me holding the iPhone up. You know, that's what I. Who was it filmed? Who was who? Uh, who was it filmed by? Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> it was filmed by Daddy. Is what Russ said. Oh, he did film that. That's what he said. Oh, all right. Well, very good. Well, it's well. Wow. First of all, well, that's amazing. So good for him. I mean, because that looks like. That is super professional, high tech looking sort of thing. No, listen, what? Listen, you, you, you know, this is the old man get off my lawn moment about you know birth announcements and pregnancy announcements and gender reveals and all that. Right? I mean, there's just, hey man, there's just a way of doing things now that just is just wasn't the way it was. But to, so just to make sure I'm understanding, you and your wife are not doing it that way. Well, our time has come and gone, Chad. I uh, made that uh, business decision a long, long time ago. I made that decision. I believe I was watching NCAA basketball over that particular weekend, but the uh, the bridge has been blown, you know, as uh, But if you can jump into way. the hot tub time machine yeah. and reverse yeah. that decision, yeah. not reverse layup, but reverse that decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
you're making an announcement the same way, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. KJ, KJ, when, when, when that blessed day comes, you're going to break out the film camera and uh, make a... No? Yes, I, I won't have a choice, man, because my wife loves social media. She so loves it. Any chance she gets to post, oh, she's going to okay. post. So I'm... I'm, I'm going to have my hands tied, especially since I actually know how to do that. So stuff. gender reveals. I said so I didn't. I wasn't familiar with birth announce like uh, what well, pregnancy announcements. This is a new one for me. The pregnancy announcement, filming the pregnancy announcement. See, back in the day, you guys, all you do is just pick up the phone and say, "Hey, we're pregnant." Yes, that's, yeah, that's how I was saying. <laughs> I slipped in a little D-back impression right there. <laughs> I think that is exactly how we. Hey. Hey, I believe, uh, I believe, uh, I believe, uh, I believe we're pregnant. <laughs> I That's got some news. The way it goes. Me and the wife are pregnant again. <laughs> Can you believe that? Where do you go full Sean Payton? Well, look and uh, uh, listen. Look, uh, yeah, big pause. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. Who am I to judge how things go these days? Like, I'm, I'm around my, my wife's uh, cousin who's there in their. Oh, late 20s, 30s or something. She's pregnant. And that was wonderful. And they were like, well, you know, we're going to do our reveal like this. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. So is that just automatic that you do a gender reveal? Like it's automatic. Like there's nothing to think about. You just automatically do a gender reveal. Everybody just does a gender reveal. Right? See, this is, this is where I sound like the old guy right According here. to my kids, yes, this is this is just mandatory. Automatic, yes. Mandatory. People won't even know what uh, you're doing unless you do it. Like, th- there's no way you would just tell people, ah, oh, it's going to be a boy or it's going to be a girl. No. No, you, you would have to have a gender reveal, correct? It has to be some kind of blue smoke or pink smoke involved. There's got to be people at the party. Uh, yes, many things have to so happen. So maybe now you have to have a pregnancy reveal. Like, that's uh, a mandatory Thing too. Mm. Well, I don't know. I'm Congratulations! Old. I'm hey, I'm I'm being super genuine here. I think it's awesome. Um, I I think they're I from everything I could possibly see, they seem to be an amazing couple and loving family, and they've got the means to do it and the support to do it. And why not, man? I I, I would. I, I'm not lying to you. If I could have had more kids, I would have for sure. Okay. My mom is one of seven. Little Irish Catholic going on. I don't think uh, Grammy and Grampy, my Grammy and Grampy were. I don't know, poor Grammy, but uh, they had. <laughs> oh, we love Grandma. Oh, and you know what? Grammy. My grandmother was a uh, white lady from Boston, so you know what that makes her. <laughs> Very, very, very open. Very liberal. Very, very Very liberal. Very, 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 very. All right. Um, It's good to see you, pal. Good to see you as well. Uh, Overall, I thought it was a good day for Russ on and off the field. How about that one? Both ways. Good news off the field. Good news on the field. Is this thing on? Oh, you're talking to me? I thought, yeah. I thought you were reaching for a button no, to press. No, no, I'm, I'm, no. I'm putting it to you. Yeah, so uh, this is my first uh, practice of this week. Um, and so I thought it was much better than what I saw last week, particularly from Russ. Maybe not much better, but definitely better. The offense seems to be beginning to take some strides. It was clear that things are clicking on a higher level than what they were in the previous practice that I saw. So, yeah, my report and my uh, everyone was hitting up uh, us last week about trying to make a decision on Russ. Is he done or can he 
pull it together. And I said, I will reserve judgment to this week. Now, now that I've seen practice okay. this week, things seem to be coming together. So I'm willing to keep kicking that can down the road. It's not all good. It's not all, you know, puppies and rainbows. But it's not as bad as what I saw the previous practice. I had all right, so attend. what's not puppies and rainbows? What's um, what, what, what are you still critical about? Like, what, what stood out to you? Uh, let's see. Um, there were opportunities for open receivers that were bypassed for uh, attempts to push the ball down the field. Now, this is training camp. This is your opportunity to do that, see if that's possible for you. Um, but considering that was an issue last year, and for it to show up again today, I think at least twice there was an open underneath receiver where he threw an incompletion down the field mm. to a much close, much or much more closely covered receiver rather than taking the open underneath guy. All right, so is that – I was standing next to you when that – or at least one of those happened. It's like – are we practicing something or should we always just go with what's open? Like what, what's that line during practice during training camp that, Hey man, I I get it. That was open. I could have hit that, but I want to see if I can hit that. I want to, you know, it's practice. I want to see if that makes sense. Right. And so what is the conversation uh, in the meeting room before they went out to the field? Right. Was was the quarterback coach asking Russ, Hey, make sure you push it downfield. Right. You know, we've seen enough dink and dunk. Let's really try to press it down the field. Mm -hmm. It could have been that conversation or it could have been Russ going rogue and trying to do some of the things he did last year. I don't know what the conversation was, but considering what we saw that that was far too often an issue last year, it gives me some concern to see it again twice today. Yeah, when I was watching yesterday, was it yesterday, yeah, yesterday, there were a couple of moments at the end of practice, like the last two throws, and it was like, I think he's just trying because there were other better opportunities, but I, I gave him a little grace because he had had, he had made those other more conservative, smart, good plays earlier so I was like, well, he, you know, if I made those and they were there again, I mean, it is practice. I, even somebody as cynical as me will grant you that you got to practice. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, I mean, if you're not going to try it now, when the heck are you going to try it? We're talking about practice. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you, if, if I were just seeing him make bad throws all the time and bad decisions all the time, then I'd be like, well, I guess this is, you know, really terrible. But I've seen them. And listen, it's all dink and dunk stuff. They're, they're figuring out dink and dunk. And, you know, dink and dunk works in the NFL, Chad. So if you want to practice, you want to, you know, so, see if you can make that happen, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that in the preseason game, too. I mean, the rubber hits the road when the game really matters. And if he's turning down easy, makeable, just keep the chains moving, get in better position throws to try to get some glory throws in, I mean, that is what he did against the Colts. And that cost him the game. Right. That will be an issue. But how in the world would we know that, Chad, until you actually get to a situation like that? We, we won't know. And we won't know until gameplay happens. So that's why I'm willing to say Russ looked better. The offense looked better. Yeah. I'm not going to overly weigh the mistakes I saw from Russ today and, and say that I have to ignore all the positive movement that I saw. Certainly saw mistakes. Certainly not perfect. But certainly looking like things are definitely headed in the right direction direction our uh, analysis of training camp 2023 is presented by great range premium bison we'll get troy rank on shortly and we will have news coming from troy rank i'll i'll wait till troy gets on chad to talk about it but it wasn't all puppies and rainbows today no it was not you know football football remains football 
And there's some interesting decisions that are going to be made on Friday for sure. And today showed you why. And I don't know, man. It's, um, I, you know, like VJ said, man, like you, it's kind of a can't win situation with preseason, isn't it? Like you, you can't win. Like you need football reps to be ready to play football. And then every time you take a football rep, you risk injury. So where is it? Where is the balance? And until the NFL simply gets rid of preseason games, and frankly, maybe they should in all honesty. How do you prepare for the season then? How do you toughen your body? Um, How do you develop tough skin? How do you learn to tackle? How do colleges do it? How do you learn to tackle Derrick Henry without hurting yourself? And you may have to do this 10 times as you're for Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. That's not an easy thing to Uh, accomplish. And it takes practice to hone in those skill sets. So to just dismiss the preseason as if somehow that's going to be a miracle cure to keep all players healthy is naive at best and really foolish. At worst. Uh, okay, jeez. Boom. Jumping down my throat. Troy Rank of Denver Dropping 7 joins us. Presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. With everything Chad just uh, espoused about how awesome preseason is. Tell us who got injured today, Troy. <laughs> uh, right tackle Mike McGlinchey got rolled up on a 9 and seven, nine on 7 drill. He limped back, to, back behind the line of scrimmage. He was stretching out for a little bit, and then he walked slowly to the trainers, or excuse me, to the locker room. No report on him. I mean, it didn't look serious, but, you know, I'm not a doctor. Brandon Johnson also fell as he was cutting. They've had issues slipping on this field repeatedly during camp, but he fell. He grabbed his lower left leg. Then he got back. It looked he was in extreme pain, but he got back up, did some toe raises, jogged around, but he went to the locker room. I did talk to a source uh, close to him saying they believe believe he's going to be fine. He may not play Friday. we got to see, but less concern there, but, no report on McGlinchey. The fact he walked back in is somewhat of a good sign, but Peyton didn't. Coach Peyton didn't talk today, so no update on those two. But yeah, they don't need anybody more. They don't need any more injuries. But this is—it is football. I just—I'm tired of seeing guys slip. I'll be honest about that. There's way too many guys slipping on this field. It seems to be that one side of the field too. That is—that's not where Tim Patrick fell, but. But other guys, you know what I'm talking about, Troy? Like down around the, if you're sitting on the hill, the other, you know, the opposite, like 25, 30 yard line. Is that just me yeah. or is that the area you're talking about? I mean, it seemed like, uh, yeah, on both sides of that. Like we've seen guys repeatedly slip in those one on one drills. You know, some of it may be cleats, whatever, but it's just, I don't recall a training camp in my last, what, nine years back on the beach seeing this many guys slip. Uh, it's just, I don't know what it's causing. Is it the cleats? Is it because of the, all the rain we had forever and there's just moisture? Whatever. I just have never seen this many guys slip. And they just you hate to lose a guy to injury for that. But, again, from what I'm being told, Brandon Johnson looks like he will be fine. Again, whether he'll be available Friday, I don't know that. Troy, uh, the tempo of practice changed after those two guys went down. And the final move the ball period, they brought the tempo back up. But, Right after Brandon Johnson and Mike McGlinchey went down, it became almost a walkthrough kind of tempo. Um, do you think that was due to uh, Sean Payton having some concerns about seeing two guys go down so quickly in the conditions of the field and trying to make sure everyone was safe? Or do you think that was part of the planned tempo of practice? It looked planned. Again, we didn't get to talk to Coach Payton today after practice. But he would have been asked that. He has said before regarding injuries, you know, it's like when Jonas Griffith was lost for the season and Tim Patrick was lost for the season, he's like, I don't think it's any worse here than anywhere else. This is part of football. 
you're going to get hurt. You know, you, you don't like to see it, but you're going to get hurt. So I would be surprised, Chad, if they slowed it down because of those when they didn't. Well, what turned out to be serious injuries, and you could tell with Tim Patrick's from the moment it happened, it was had a chance to be serious. So I think it was the nature of it. But one thing, and you would notice this, Chad, one thing I love about the, when we talk about tempo is you can hear almost after every play that they call and they come out of the huddle, you've got a coach screaming, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. They are hustling to the line. And it's they made these linemen bigger. They've all put weight back on from a year ago. And they are hustling to get to the line of scrimmage. Everything with about Peyton is like get to the ball, more time at the line of scrimmage, to, uh, you know, survey maybe for him, maybe for the quarterback. But there is a real tempo to practice just from the huddle to the line of scrimmage for the offense. What, uh, what other notables do you have for today, Troy? You know, I talked to Montreal Washington in my one-on-one interview, and he's had a really nice camp. I know it's someone you've talked about. And he said that this offseason – not that he was humble, but he's like, I had to be better. I mean, he recognized that he wasn't mm. a good enough returner and he wasn't really involved in the passing game. He went back to his old high school and just took stuff off the jugs machine over and over, getting, you know, punts and passes off the jugs and his high school coaches working with him. And there's a there's an edge to him. And they're wearing these shirts that it's a sweatshirt that Kendall Hinton created that says dog culture, uh, D-A-W-G. And that it's a reminder to him because last year was kind of the media darling. And he's like, no, I've got to be an underdog. I've got to fight for mm. everything. And I just love that mentality from guys this time of year who are definitely fighting to be on the 53. Now he has a great chance, especially with KJ Hamler out, but I love that mentality from guys. And that's why the preseason and the starters. Yeah. You hope they're healthy and they're productive, but it really is about those last like 10 to 15 roster spots these next couple weeks. Yeah. Montreal made another really nice catch one on one, but I did note that in the second team, two minute drive, both Montreal and Taylor Grimes were on the sideline. This is when the second teamers were in. So both have had reps with the ones, but today when it, you know, here we go. This is the most important part of practice. Both Grimes and Montreal Washington were on the sideline, Troy. Yeah, and that's that's part of the fight is mentally staying strong. What does that mean? Because Chad knows that can that can play mind games with a young player. Like, are they falling out of love with me? And he just said, like, I, he said, I learned from last year and, and from Coach Payton. I just put my head down and work. No excuses, just mm-hmm. work and see where it ends up at the end. And he's just he's more mature. I mean, he came from such a small school last year. The, the bright lights were a little bit too uh, neon bright at times for him. So I'm rooting for him, just the way he's approached camp. I love to see it, the business-like approach. And a guy recognizing, hey, I got to get better. I haven't done anything in this league. And that's part of them changing this entire culture. It's just been way too comfortable around here. You get way too comfortable with losing. And you can feel that when players talk about Peyton and some of these coaches of the accountability. What do you think about VJ being back up on the podium? For the first time, I mean, since. we got. Now he was here in the spring. We talked to him once as well. Okay, uh, first time in camp, but he wanted to come back to Colorado. When I was talking and texting with him during the process, because at first it just you know, man, you really want to come back here because there was a lot of vitriol toward him specifically. When you look back at again, I'll be the one to argue he was set up to fail with the coaching staff in particular and not having a quarterback, and he had his own issues. But he loves Colorado, and I believe as just a defensive coordinator. We're going to see, you know, why he can really fit. He's more aggressive. And the thing he said today I love the most was, why would I make guys learn all of my verbiage Mm -hmm. when they were so successful in this defense? I learned theirs. It's one guy versus whatever, 25. And I love that. He's like, that's what a coach should do. 
again, these are simple things that you would think would, you know, it's like, but they haven't made sense around here for a long time. And I'm like, I love that. I'll, as a coach, take on the homework. So why change it for everyone else that was successful in this scheme last year? Our Denver 7 Broncos insider, Troy Rank, presented by ROX, Rocks Heating and Air. Thank you, Troy. Yeah, this is what VJ said, Chad. No, I've been I've been studying all summer, man. So, you know, it you know, I would have been foolish to walk in here and just change the you know, the players' verbiage, right? Because football is just about terminology. So, you know, the coverage package they ran here with, with Vic and E, it's what I've run with just different terms. So instead of making the players learn different terms, I learn their terms. And that's 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 what a coach should do, you know, to allow the players to play fast. So it's been fun to learn those calls and learn different adjustments from CP, especially in the back end. So for me, I'm I'm learning, growing also. It's, it, it's, it's been fun, man. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. What I loved in that soundbite, you could hear horns honking. Those horns honking are people that drive by the DenverSports.com zone and honk at um, everybody broadcasting out there. So you can actually hear horns. I didn't pick that up initially, but that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. I, I, <laughs> I broadcast from there. They honk all the time. They're honking constantly. Yes. Which is uh, Which is fun. awesome. Yeah, dig it. Uh, uh, VJ. Yeah. How much have you talked to uh, your, your ex-Buffalo uh, team? I haven't spoken to VJ at all since, uh, right? since training camp started. Um, but I'm not surprised that he took the move to learn the last year's lingo. Um, it's an interesting thing as a part of six different coordinators in my eight years in Seattle defensively, mm-hmm. uh, which ones chose to, to learn our language and which ones came in with no regard. Whatever. We had to learn their language. And well, it works better. Does it matter? A bit of a hybrid approach. Um, then I think eventually we move into the coach's language as time has gone along. Um, it's, I'm nice, it's nice to see that VJ is making this move. I think it helps the players feel more comfortable, allows you to get off to a faster start. But at some point, you got to start to kind of shift back so that coach can put in his whole package without having to redo his entire playbook. But the language becomes so similar and the actions associated to the individual language also get similar. You can easily make that transition. It's not uh, it's not overly difficult when you have run it so many times like these guys have as opposed to we're coming in on day one. You've got to learn a new scheme and all the new words that go with it. There's something that's becoming very evident, and I was not expecting it. But uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, we are getting a sense of who really, really matters on this team. Details next. C-Mac, it's Chad Brown. KJ, what up? Yo. Yo. What am I reading here with... uh, Pussy poo here. Arlen Mack helped off the field after losing footing. The field is not in good condition with it chopped up a lot. The Arizona Cardinals, who the Broncos played this weekend, they practice in their stadium on that field. So they're saying... Their field sucks? That their field sucks. <laughs> Therefore, our injury-played Broncos, with slipping and sliding issues, are going to be playing on that field and could... That alter Sean Payton's game plan for this weekend. Yeah, who plays? Boy. Who doesn't play? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, it's, it's uh, the Cardinals, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, with that uh, you know the the, the Glendale Dome. Mm-hmm. That's one of those fields that they roll outside to grow 
natural turf and then roll it back in, correct? You are correct, okay. yes. So it's not like a synthetic turf or something. It's just, it's just grass. It is whatever, grass. Whatever blended grass they have there in Glendale. And we saw the issues during the Super Bowl on that field. Super Bowl in Glendale? Oh, my gosh. I, re- I remember this, the issues in Super Bowl 50 mm-hmm. in Santa Clara when they painted the field. What uh, what were the Glendale issues? I don't even remember which one that was. I mean, are the Patriots... Uh... This year. Oh, this year. Oh just just a few months oh ago, Darren McKee. Oh, my God. That's right. The, the Super oh, that's Bowl. Right. The Super Bowl. Oh, this year. Yes. Talking about this year's Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, wow. Why be so confusing? <laughs> So now so we got we got some field issues. Yeah, I live in Arizona. I know how difficult it is to grow grass when it's 110 I degrees. Mean, I get it for 14 hours plus a day. I get it. So I'm not surprised they're having issues with that. So to practice on that grass, is there going to be? A, is there a practice field that rolls out and a game field all pristine rolls in? I don't know exactly, but I think there's just one grass field that rolls out and rolls in. It's not multiple. I, I think you're right. I think it is just one field. Yeah. So so they're having problems. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, that's the same field Kyler Murray tours ACL on. Oh, goodness gracious. And they do training camp just on that field? How do they pull off training camp on just one field? They don't have multiple fields to use? They just well, do. They have a facility, but they've been practicing in, in that because it's climate controlled. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But just one field, though. There's not, there's not two or three. I'm, I mean, I've been there a bunch of times. I don't recall other fields around the Glendale Dome there. Do you? No, but they have a, a, a dedicated facility as well with the standard three or four football fields around it. But when it's 110 every day. We're going inside. They're trying to go inside and take advantage of that. And that's chopping up the field, which the field is probably, when they roll it back out, it's too hot for the field to heal right. and regrow. Well, what a mess. There, there we go. Well, what a mess. If you're Sean Payton, what do you do? That's the point of Mike Liss's tweet. I get it. Bigger explanation needed to give you some context. All right, so today what did we see? We saw McGlinchey go down, and that was nine on seven, right? Rolled up on. Mm -hmm. We saw Brandon Johnson, and, you know, McGlinchey tried to work it out, and it just wasn't happening. It was something with his left leg. At least that's what it looked like. So he walks off. Brandon Johnson, he goes down, and it looks kind of bad, like really bad, Mm -hmm. one-on-one. And he's holding his leg, and people are coming over to him. And it's a you know mini Riverside. Although I think they actually ran some routes right in front of him, which they is did. A they kind of just dragged him off to the sideline and kept one on one going. They didn't even move the drill. Move the injured player, please, so we can keep the drill in the same place. So I don't mean to laugh at him. It was just you know just the the way football goes, right? Yeah, and, the absurdity. And uh, you know he, it looked like he was going to be okay. And he tried to walk it off and jog it off a little bit. And then at some point, he was just like, yeah, this is just, just not working out. And he limped off the field. Garrett Bowles was out there for a bit. And then he went inside the building and later returned without his pads just to watch. So, uh, wow, welcome to the Thunderdome, Denver Broncos offensive line. And your tackles today, for the most important part of practice, were Cam Fleming and Isaiah Prince. And they didn't look ready for prime time. Talk to me about what that looked like. Uh, Russell Wilson getting pressure. Russell Wilson being forced to scramble. Um, one of Russell Wilson's better plays of the day would actually have been a sack 
where he escaped the pocket and caught a receiver who uh, caught a DB napping for the big touchdown there. Um, and that was, uh, what, what was that? Uh, it was a team period, correct? Say again. So what was the situation? Give it to me it one more time. It was a team period. Team Russell period. Wilson escapes the pocket at the back of the pocket because he would have been sacked either by Randy Gregory on the front side mm-hmm. or Nick Bidio on the back side. He, he, he keeps Are you ex- talking about the two-minute drill? Yeah. The big play? Yeah. Are you telling me he was going to be sacked on that? Yeah. That was the throw to Marvin Mims. There we go. That was a. Are you telling me that was a bogus play? That he would have been sacked on the along the right side. Right, see, this is what happens. Just to let you know, and it's annoying, but I'm not complaining. I am complaining, but I'm trying to not complain and be annoying. They tell the Muggles, "Hey, Muggles, it's time for you to you know come on down to the podium." Well, when you go down to the podium, they take you away from where all the action is, except when the fans aren't there. When the fans aren't there. They do all the practice on the other other field to, to rest up the field. But when they put us over to the podium, I can't see anything. Nobody can. Mm-hmm. But I, what did I say to you? I said, Chad, stay put here, man. You're gonna, did. You just stay here. It's going to be good stuff. You're going to see it. Mm-hmm. But we are all guessing over by the podium because we cannot see anything. So I, I, am, I just assumed Russ got away, and that was the best play of the day for sure. I mean, it's third and eight. It's it's move the ball. It's two minute drill. You're down by six, so you got to score a touchdown. And you're sitting here telling me when I thought everything was rainbows and sunshine that that's a play Russ would have been sacked on. More than likely, yeah. Well, that's a bummer. But he extended the play. He found the receiver. The receiver so knew what to do in the situation. Right, but he's not getting away from that. He's not. I, I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Oh man, well that kind of bums me out a little bit, dude. But that speaks to the, how this whole thing got started, both the tackles got beat. One by Randy Gregory and one by Nick Benito. Okay. Who have been both wrecking shop actually. Right. Alright, well man, that's that is a that's a downer. But again, it was hard for us to see because of where we were standing. All we saw was Russ rolling out and throwing a long pass on a really clutch situation to Mims down the field that kept the drive going. If not for that, it's fourth and eight. Well you're telling me it's a sack. It might have been fourth and twelve or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean you know, we just lost. And consequently, there was a touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton, and, you know, we all had pretty good vibes going. But you're here to say, uh, hold your horses. Yeah. Again, you know, the, the, the move the ball periods are interesting because it's more of a coaching thing than a player thing. Uh, you know, in, in each section of the field, you're going to call slightly different plays. When you get close to the end zone but not too close, that's when you have your op- last opportunity to call a shot play, all those kinds of things. Mm. So the move the ball the, the functionality of it would have ended that particular drive if it would have been a sack. Is Justin Simmons the most important player on this team? Because what? Again, another day without Justin Simmons. And some nice touchdowns where Justin Simmons would have been <laughs> occupying the field. That uh, touchdown to Greg Dulcich. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And that uh, red zone, seven yeah. on seven. Yeah. Justin Simmons probably would have been in that area. Is Justin Simmons the most important guy on this team? Hmm. I can't believe I'm even saying it, but the difference with the effectiveness of the offense against the defense without Justin Simmons is remarkable. It's remarkable. It is It is like a light switch. When you've got a player of his experience and his skill set back there, it changes everything. The communication is better. It's crisper. The lineups are better. Uh, people have a trust in him, therefore they can play their underneath stuff a little bit uh, looser and freer. Yeah, he's a. I won't say he's the most important player, but uh, judging from the last couple of practices, as I've heard, and definitely judging from today, 
uh, the Broncos' defense will miss him considerably if he's not out All right, well, let me ask you a trickier question when we come back from the break. Who is really more important for this defense, Justin Simmons or Patrick Sertan? Our analysis to Training Camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. We'll get your answer to that question coming up next. Training Camp 2023, Great Range Premium Bison presents The Drive. Uh, Crazy question here. Yep. And this is not to put down or, um, and I know Cecil had like a one-on-one with um, Patrick Sutan. I look forward to hearing that. I think that's awesome. And Sutan, let me tell you, makes great plays all the time. Yep. All the time. Like, if you can't tell he's the best cornerback out there, you're blind. <laughs> you know, it's it's painfully it's, obvious. It's funny, right. Damari Mathis had a play today where the the ball, like, literally went through his hands. And I'll give Judy credit for staying focused on a ball that goes through another dude's hands for you to snatch it after it goes through his hands. Mm-hmm. So good for Judy. Great hands by Judy. But, I mean, you know, that's a that's a pick six if if, if you catch it. It reminded me of that play with uh, Noah Fant and Drew Locke against Houston a few years ago where, <laughs> I mean, it was this close to being a pick six, and instead it's a touchdown the other way. Such as football, right? Right. And let me tell you, on this play, on this particular play, Judy was bumping his head against the goalpost. Like, he was gone. I mean, that's a touchdown. But that's the risk you make on the outside when you go for a pick. Because if you don't get it... Ain't nobody else there. I mean, that's it. That's it. Right. And so while I'm watching things today, I'm like, there's no doubt how good Sertan is. Mm-hmm. I mean, zero doubt. The guy is phenomenal. But the absence of Justin Simmons has been so noticeable. And the, the offense has been so much better pro- production-wise, Chad. Mm-hmm. And Sertan's been out there for all of it. So, again, I'm being really careful. It's not an anti-Sertan thing whatsoever. The guy's phenomenal. But can't you tell? Can't you feel the difference out there without Justin Simmons? And I'm asking you, is that a more valuable position for this team? For whatever reason. I don't even know why. You'd have to explain it to me. But it's been very noticeable over four practices that this offense has been better the days that's, that uh, Justin Simmons has been out while Sertan has still been there. Yeah, Justin Simmons is clearly super valuable. The most, gosh, the most valuable person on this team or just the defense? I'm not sure. It kind of feels <laughs> maybe both. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to give Justin Simmons a tremendous compliment here mm-hmm. because it's been noticeable. Unless you want to tell me, hey, you know, nice compliment and all, but really the offense is just clicking better, period. And even if he was there... You know, listen, they're just doing things smarter, better. It's just making more sense. I mean, that could, that could be the truth, too. I think the offense is starting to round into shape. So uh, there's something to be said for their side of the ball. But from what I saw out there today, Justin Simmons' absence is noticeable. And the confidence of the receivers, the the confidence of the quarterbacks with him not being there because there's also the domino effect of that. Now Caden Stearns or P.J. Locke are playing safety. Mm -hmm. And then someone else from the fourth team is now with the third team. Mm -hmm. So the overall passing performance of the offense 
increases just by one guy being out just because of the domino effect of him being out. Um, and so it shows up and showed up big time, in my opinion, today um, in a number of team periods and in the seven-on-seven period. Well, it's noticeable. Yeah. And, hey, props to Justin Simmons. And it, I don't think it's that serious of an issue. I mean, he is off to the side working out. He seems to be in pretty good spirits. He was quite engaged with the guys today, from what I could tell. Yeah, I agree. And so... And he was wearing a bucket hat. <laughs> Gilligan hat. Yeah. Gilligan hat. Did you know what a Gilligan hat was? Yeah. You watched uh, Gil- Gilligan's Island. I'm seven. I'm, I'm, I'm 53, man. I'm a KJ, 70s kid. KJ, did you catch up on Gilligan's Island at all yesterday? Did you... You find the need to find out what the hell we were talking about? Yeah, I, I'm so caught up. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through season one. So. <laughs> really? All right. So what's what's standing out to you on Gilligan's Island? What uh, what episode or, or what what series of adventures got your attention? Let me tell you something, man. Some kooky people on that boat, man. Um, <laughs> that's your takeaway? <laughs> that's my takeaway. <laughs> it's an odd group of people to put together. Yeah, man, there's some kooky people on, on that, that boat. boat. <laughs> you know, the boat crashed. You, you, you realize that, right? So that, well, that happens later, all right? That, that, we gotta, I'm leading up to that part. No, they they never had any episodes about the crash. The the show started with the boat crashed and them on the island. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. You haven't seen that episode? Or did they go back and... Were they surviving the tropical storm? You gotta... Um, you, you gotta... Well, I watched Gilligan's Island this morning. I'm sure it's available somewhere. Somewhere. The minnow would, would be lost. lost. Dude, come on, man. What would what, what you watch? Gilligan's Island. Skipper 2. See, Chad knows. Millionaire. Listen, listen. The movie star. He grew up in L.A. And I grew up in Boston. Here on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. What would it be? Really? All right, we, we get it. We get it. We get it. I watched Gilligan's Island every day in the summer. It was probably a Love Boat or Two episode that came into there. Maybe a little love American style. There you go. Do you want to keep going? Happy days, Laverne and Shirley. Oh, happy days for sure, Laverne and Shirley. Um, The courtship of Eddie's father was out there. Do you remember that one? (laughs) I did not watch that. Oh, man. Incredible Hulk? uh, I watched Incredible Hulk. Did you watch the cartoon Kimba, the White Lion? I did not. I know what you're talking about, though, but I, I I was never a cartoon guy. Even as a little kid, I just wasn't into the cartoons. Well, yeah, it was only like five channels at the time. No, so I get it. it I, the I news of Kimba, and he, he went down to Kimba. <laughs> Kimba won every time. Kimba. <laughs> uh, do you feel like you've missed out, KJ? Sometimes. Uh, I doubt it. Well, <laughs> Anywho... The, the concept of the bucket hats and preseason and all that, let's get back into that. It was, it was interesting on Good Morning Football. They had, a, um, they had a, a breakdown segment of things Sean Payton doesn't want to have mm-hmm. happen. And also a, a pretty funny interaction between Orlando and Chad that Chad wasn't even aware of today about how to get ready <laughs> for these games. Football at four is next.